1: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of September, 2009. Newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. I always advise them to at the start of every show and bookmark all the other sites. they will see I have up there on the front page because uh, there will be problems with some of the main servers, and in the, in the future it happens once in a while. So if you bookmark these other sites, you'll always have... Uh, one of the other ones to draw from and get the latest shows. There's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.net, .us.ca. There's Alan Watt cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and finally there's Alan Watt Sentinel.eu. The European site has all the audios, same audios as the rest on it, but it also has edition of transcripts of some of the talks I've given, which are downloadable for print up in the various languages of Europe. And remember, you are the listeners. You bring me to you. I don't get paid for doing what I do. Uh, I could be. I've got all the offers to get paid for it, but that means you're under, under someone's kind of authority, which limits you to certain things you can say or can't say. The ads that you hear in the show are payment. that goes straight to RBN, from the advertisers, companies. And that pays for the airtime. It pays for the staff. It pays for the equipment and their bills and so on. So it's up to you to keep me going by buying that which I have for sale on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and in there you'll find out how to do it. You can also donate as well. And by the way, you can also purchase through PayPal too. There's PayPal buttons there or donations. You can do either. And personal checks are good for Canada and the U.S. There's international postal money order is also in the U.S. if you don't have a bank account. And some people to send cash outside the U.S. Same thing goes. People will send a MoneyGram or Western Union or they send cash sometimes. That seems to get through okay. And for those who get the discs uh, passed to them to play on their CD players, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, W-A-T-T, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, 3, number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1. P, 3, E, 4, N, 1. And I've been talking about reality for some time now, a little bit here and there, just to sort of break us all into it. Because we're not living in a reality, we're, pl- we're living in a planned system, a planned system, and pretty well everything of any major event that happens affect your life and the lives of others in any way at all was planned long ago. Long, long ago. It's amazing really that if you look at all the revolutions in the 1800s into the 1900s there were lots of books written at the time about a, a world society and they were all funded these revolutions by very rich people, the richest people on the planet in fact the big bankers were right in there And once some of the big revolutions took place, such as Russia, the Soviet Union, it became, and all the Soviet countries, the big bankers had their deals already made with their big corporations because they actually own a lot of the big corporations as well. And they profited mightily all through the so-called Cold War on all sides uh, because all governments went to the banks and uh, asked for money to buy uh, or or to, to create the big weaponry machinery the new missiles, that they were churning out new types of missiles, Mark 1, 2, 3, and, and ad, ad infinitum, forever. And it was, it was tremendously lucrative, but they also were using the technology they were gaining to get ready for this new world order, which we are at now, a post-Soviet era. But they wrote about the system back in the 1800s. It's all coming to pass in our lifetime. Back with more after this break. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. The hardest thing, I said on September 11th, 2001, was would be to hang on to your sanity as you go through the whole agenda, because they are gradually preparing it for 40, 50 years in the Western world, and uh, piece by piece, mainly through negotiations and treaties from the top uh, of governments, and. Bureaucrats were flying all over the world, dealing with their counterparts in other countries, and at the United Nations, they helped to coordinate them all. And here we are, we're into this brave new world order. But going back, as I say, into the 1800s, they talked about bringing in this orderly society where science, you know, the age of reason, scientists would uh, rule the world on behalf of their masters, mind you, because every scientist uh, doesn't get to be a famous scientist unless they're made to be famous by a certain clubs, like the Royal Society, and they need the backing of the big financiers for grants, that's what they live on. But they would run the world, they'd be told how to run it, what they wanted, what their masters wanted, and they'd implement uh, an orderly planned society, post-industrial, and it wouldn't just be for the Western countries, it'd be for the whole world. The world is what the, the prize is, and everybody and everything on it. And under the guise of environmentalism, that's what they came up with to save the world it's always to save something to take your rights away Uh, that's how they're pushing it forward you see environmentalism and this bogus carbon nonsense and they've had the bogus global warming uh, dropped to climate change which means we've always had climate change but now the scientists with their with their uh, knowledge are going to save us all from incredible climate changes and all that kind of stuff but The Club of Rome and all the big think tanks talked about methods to take away our rights and get us to behave ourselves and do what we're told, rather than this this awful, awful freedom idea where individuals really thought they had rights and freedoms. That was just too messy. It it dragged things out in courts and stuff, and they want to get on with their uh, dictatorial society very quickly. That's what it's all about. Then we had the the 2001 fiasco, which really kicked it off. That was planned, that whole thing was planned to kick off a world uh, using the same Stalinist techniques of enemies within everywhere. Every every country's got enemies within. You don't know who they are. They could be you. Uh, Then that's the technique they're using to, to basically bring in a reign of terror. Because under fear, we tend to obey. It's that simple. And all the cameras that go up and all the rest of it uh, wherever you go and watch wherever you go and it will come and down to your house as they're doing in Britain by the way they didn't dream there's something in Britain because I think the American Psychological Association advocated that very thing back in the 70s in one of their magazines see nothing's, nothing's by chance nothing whatsoever is by chance it takes a lot of planning money and authorization from the top to go ahead with anything believe you me the top would never allow anything to come into society into the structure of society without authorizing it. It wouldn't happen. Now, part of the whole idea of bringing in a world society where we there's masters and slaves, basically, on the road to genetic engineering too, which will create a better class of slaves is to kill us all off. As they're doing, by the way, because people are dropping dead left, right, and center off all kinds of strange new cancers uh, that are brand new, And they don't even have names for the types that are appearing now. There's so many of them. And there's no crisis about it, which tells you that it's meant to be that way. Otherwise, obviously, it would be a crisis, wouldn't it? They make a crisis out of nothing, like a flu that doesn't even seem to exist. And and they can ignore the spraying in the skies, which does exist, and anyone can see it if they get up early enough and and watch the skies for a little while. They've been doing that for 10 or 11 years now. So we live in a fake reality of indoctrination were trained to believe uh, mainstream media trained that way uh, Bertrand Russell said they would bring Madison Avenue on board because they understood human nature and how to motivate people to do things they wouldn't normally do like buy expensive stuff they didn't need for instance you simply use the same techniques and you train the public in every other way that you want them to behave but all these cameras and so on also are intimidating that's part of it I've mentioned before and totalitarian societies and you can compare the, the posters of pre-war 2 world war 2 Nazi Germany with the being socialist and the, the communist system the Soviet regime the posters and the statues of the, of the workers and so on towering above you they were all the same probably by the same artist by the way everything is coordinated at the top there are no mistakes at the top and believe you me, if anything comes out, a uh, fraud that's not authorized, it's hit and hammered immediately, immediately. And part of the process is that, too, and Julian Huxley, the wonderful guy who said they would brainwash all children across the world, when they made him the leader of UNESCO United Nations for educating the children's youth, uh, or the youth of the, of the whole planet, basically, he said that, he says we must dehumanize Take humanity off its pedestal and get them to accept they're nothing but another kind of animal. Once they accept that, you see, you won't stand up for another human animal. It's that simple. And we've had nothing but dehumanization uh, for, all, oh, really speeding up through the 60s, definitely through the 70s, through all media and entertainment, towards blood and guts. And, and the good guys are the guys that win, basically. That's it. That's where all the youngsters want to, to not just play with the black-clad, uh, uniformed, uh, badged, uh, uh, evil ninja guys that they see or they play with as toys and they seen them all in movies. They want to be those guys because to them, what they see is these guys are the winners. These have the authority over all the little people who, who just whimper. They go on for the side of power. Everything's planned this way. I'll plan this one. Now, I mentioned before how they use uh, cadavers now, uh, supposedly as art shows. Now, they started off, I can remember when it was a big to-do, when they put a fetus, a baby, you know, maybe that's just a Latin word for a baby, they put a baby uh, in a jar of urine uh, at an art show, and that's, again, that was part of the de- dehumanized society. Because immediately, the two categories form. The ones who are appalled by it, and the ones who think they're intellectuals, I said, think they're intellectuals, and, and they take the counter, oh, well, you know, the, what's the big deal about it? It's dead anyway, and, and blah, 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 and so on. And, and they, they give all these intellectual answers. I'd like to see them intellectualize if they were lined up. I said, one day they might, by the way. Uh, on a tre- front of a trench, and all shot in the back of the head, like the Soviet story shows you. Another good movie to see is of uh, a Poland, what happened there? And how, literally, they killed all the officer class off, the Soviets did. And after doing it, after a few years later, when they took over Poland, they blamed the Germans for it. Seeing as believing, they, they rehashed all the German video of the exclamations and, and, and set it themselves. They were very good at putting little bits into, into film, the Soviets. They also threw a lot of people out, photographs in the Soviet system, Look at the ones around Lenin to begin with, and you see him gradually disappearing, he's got gushed out, and literally, literally wiped out, seeing as believing for the public, yeah? But dehumanizing the human body was a big thing, you see? And it's it come to be taught, as just a, a fact, there is another animal, and there's plenty of you, so you're not an endangered species, so what's the big deal? So they started hanging up these cadavers, they plasticized, started in China, a lot of the bodies come from China, and you get all the curious folk going in, the ones that would go to the, the old circuses back in the 1800s to see the, the, the elephant man, stuff like that, you know. Uh, that's the kind of people who go, and, and, and the bearded lady and the dwarfs and stuff, they, they stand there. and Some will howl with laughter, and the intellectuals will have little debates about uh, how, how interesting it is, and stuff like that. So, it's quite interesting. It's quite inter- it's very true what they say, too. They say that uh, revolution is the opium of Intelligentsia. There's a, This article here is from Yahoo News. The next step. See, there's always a next step to everything. And, and I've given links before on, on these so-called art shows where they hang these cadavers. And I even had a woman with her belly split open to show the baby inside. And she was killed, obviously so was the baby, right? To do so. Plus, they executed all these ones in China. But that's no problem to these creeps, you see. They're authorized from the top to do what they're doing these shows. This one's from Yahoo News, Friday, uh, September the 11th. It says, German anatomists plan a new show dedicated solely to dead bodies having sex, having sex, you see, as part of the Body Worlds exp- exhibitions. Gunzer von Higgins and his wife Angelina Willy show corpses prepared using a technique invented by von Higgins called plastination. It should be called abomination, but it's called plastination. That removes water from specimens, affects the think, as a specimen, and preserves them with silicone rubber or epoxy resin, says here. It's not my intention to show certain sexual poses, this deviant says. That doesn't say deviant, yeah, I'm just adding my, how it should say. My goal is really to show the anatomy and the function, he says. Body World's creative director Willie told Reuters in an interview, adding that sex exhibition may open next year. 27 million people across the world support, supposedly have gone to see this, you see. Entire corpses stripped of skin to reveal the muscles and organs underneath in lifelike and often theatrical positions. They had them on skateboards and everything. see, we're, we're really, really, it was a plant of dehumanization, as it's saying. Like. I could actually spend the whole show and another show just going through all the things I remember as it started to show, as I say, starting off with the fetuses and the jars of urine and they added feces to it and so on, uh, et etc. et cetera, blah, 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 down through the years until it comes to this. Now, it's a name for people who like, who are fascinated by dead bodies and sex to start with. So it tells you who's what kind of creeps are recruited by the big financiers that finance this into being. And it's a psychological objective, too, as I say, to dehumanise us all. Quite simple. It works very well. Unfortunately, there's the ones who help with laughter and all curious and then and go and watch The Simpsons afterwards. And then there's the Intelligentsia who put on fake arguments to show that they're not shocked with anything. Back with more after this break. And this is cutting through the matrix, going through some of the craziness that we're supposed to experience as we go through this century of change. It's an organized insanity, you see, they tried it all out in the Soviet system. In the Soviet system, at one time, you were given a quota of uh, miles that you had to travel every month, even taxi drivers, no more, you see. Uh, in order to get your your, your permits for more fuel, etc. So what, they're all jacking up their taxis and turning their their speedometers and their, their odometers back to make it work. That's the only way it could work, because otherwise it was crazy. But they see that's all part of the keeps total frustration. Total frustration is a technique that's used by the masters, pushing a small box where you think that you're helpless. Helpless. With these crazy laws that come around from everywhere, and that is a, honestly a technique that's used and, and written described about. And, and manuals even for military when they go into other countries they hire ethnologists and so on and different specialists in anthropology, culture and they study the, they've study already studied the people so they know how to implement changes that make them almost schizophrenic that's the, te- the technique that's used and when you really have no confidence in your own reasoning abilities anymore you kind of collapse and you do what you're told then you're, you'll accept the next crazy thing that comes along until you're living in absolute insanity like trading carbon for, for you know, utter nonsense you see but this is what they're going to push there's no con uh, small or big enough anything will do here's what's happening in Britain and it will happen elsewhere too as the, 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 the green Nazis steamroll ahead you can't please them you see you cannot please them you must go by their rules See, it's all paperwork, and bureaucrats run on paper. What it says on paper must be fulfilled. It's their reality, no matter how mad it is. And this is from Mail Online. Green shop owner is fined by a council for not producing any of his rubbish, his garbage. 12th of September. It says, with its emphasis on re- reusing old materials or selling them as scrap, Mark Howard's bicycle shop is a model of environmental efficiency. So you might have imagined that his local council could be, would be grateful to him for enhancing the area's green credentials. But instead, the father of four has been hit with a £180 fine because officers refuse to believe he doesn't create any commercial waste. You see? And it says, if the charge isn't paid within 10 days, it will rise to £300 and ultimately Mr Howard could be hauled before a court. where no doubt will shut his business down and fine them thousands. Mr. Howard stores surplus materials such as cardboard, boxes, and old pedals, from his bicycle business, for reuse, while bent steel or aluminum frames that can't be salvaged are sold for scrap. Dispute centres around a certificate issued by council waste contractors, Corey, when businesses paid them £80 to supply 50 commercial waste bags. It's quite a great business, isn't it? By the council, you must buy their commercial waste bags for eight pounds. So you don't do it because you don't need them, right? And it says, Five weeks ago, Mr. Howard, and it's called blackmail, you see, five weeks ago, Mr. Howard, 50, who runs Sutton Road cycles in South End, England, received a letter from South End Council asking how he disposed of waste. When he rang up to explain, no one would believe that he did not use the service, and he was told that someone would visit his premises. An officer came round a week later. But he didn't look around or ask any questions, he said. He just handed me another letter which said I must pay a fixed penalty. Fine. They didn't give me a chance to show them what I do, which is better than the council collector's service because their waste goes to landfill. See, it's a con anyway, you see. All this recycling, it goes into the landfill and gets buried. He's not doing that, he's actually recycling it. Mr. Howard, who is married to Karen 46, says he can prove what he does with his waste by showing the council officials his paperwork. But he added, despite repeated calls, I was fobbed off all the time. I tried to get an interview with the director of the department, but nothing has happened. This is stupid. The council must have money to burn because they want his, this case to go to court. You see, I'm not an environmental fruitcake trying to save the world. I'm just an ordinary person using my brain to avoid waste. But they don't seem to care. South End Council to defend its actions. Simon Crowther, Group Manager for Waste, said Mr. Howard is required under the Environmental Duty of Care Regulations 1991 to produce evidence as to how he illegally and lawfully disposes of commercial waste under his control, but they won't go and let him show this evidence. See, that's what happened in the Soviets. This is a new yeah. Soviet system, you see. So he's been given his fixed penalty fine uh, due to the fact that he can he, he, he fails because they won't come and... They won't show him. They won't... They won't Allow themselves to be shown the evidence. You see, he failed to provide this evidence. See, this is the catch. They get you in these situations, and it's their way or no way. See, it's protection money, too. It's mafia, mafiosa. It doesn't matter if it's guys sitting in cafes, uh, having nice meals, discussing their business, and threatening customers. It's the same darn thing. Only they call themselves if officials, officials, same thing. You know, people You understand this system has had it. it all, these, all these organizations have to be totally cleaned off the, the board. And the people should get a say in what they have and what they don't have. Supposedly representing them. All these private, non-governmental organizations that sit on all the councils now, right up to federal governments, have to be done away with. Just removed. Removed. Give them an island somewhere and tell them to go live there and live in an environmentally friendly way. Maybe near the Antarctic, where they'll have to burn something for heat. Back with more after these messages.
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, just talking about reality again, this fake reality that goes around under various guises. It's all the same reality. It's the, it's, the, it's the totalitarian reality, you see. I mentioned years ago how we're just like, we really are, even the ones who talk about what's happening often in a lot of talk shows. It's like we're, we're, the, we're the mice in a cage in a laboratory. And, and every day we get up in the morning very early before all the staff come in with the white coats, and we we to ourselves, what will they do to us today? will they stick us with this little thing and then kill us or will they stick us with or with implant things in our brains and shock us that's how we are at the bottom we really are until we do something about it it will get worse and worse and worse and it starts with the individual saying no saying no to whatever is wrong you say no you know no organization on the planet no organization on this planet can rule over you without your consent none of even your government can't do it can't do it without your consent that's why they want you to vote you give consent so they can do what they want to do if you actually vote nobody should vote nobody should vote because you are a unique individual person on this planet and no one has the right to tell you what to do How to live, what to eat, how to heat yourself or anything else. Or what what to serve, what system to serve. Everything at the top is the Tartarian plan long ago, and here we are going through it, and people just don't know what to do. They look for already existent groups to join, hoping. Or to sit back and say, oh, this group's already formed to fight, this, I'll sit back and let them do it. A lot of these groups are fronts to make you sit back hoping they'll do it for you. This is from the Boston Globe, boston.com. November 21st, 2008, it says here. 2008. Boston launches flu shot tracking. See, they've all been trying this stuff. City to pinpoint areas of low rates of vaccination, which is baloney. Using technology originally developed for mass disasters, Boston disease trackers are embarking on a novel experiment, one of the first in the country, and of course it's nationwide now, aimed at eventually creating a citywide registry of everyone who has had a flu vaccination. The Resulting vaccination map would allow swift intervention in neighborhoods left vulnerable, meaning you didn't take it, to the fast-moving respiratory illness. The trial starts this afternoon when several hundred people are expected to queue up, like goons, for immunizations at the headquarters of the Boston Public Health Commission. Each of them will get a bracelet printed with a unique identifier code. Isn't that nice? Well, taxpayer pays for it. The victims always pay for it. Information about the vaccine's recipients and the shot will be entered into handheld devices similar to those used by delivery truck drivers. Infectious disease specialists in Boston and elsewhere predicted that the registry approach could prove even more useful if something more sinister strikes, such as a bioterrorism attack or the long-feared arrival of a global flu pandemic. Well, that's what going, all right? Although it's all in the air, you might say. Up in the air. In such crisis, the registry could be used to track who received a special vaccine, haha, <laughs> because there will be special ones out there that they know. They won't see the batch number and your name if it really kills you or antidote to a deadly germ. Anything you you can do to better pinpoint who's vaccinated and who's not that's absolutely vital, said Michael Osterholm, director of the Centre for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. I wish more cities were doing this kind of thing, he says. Oh, this guy will go far. This guy will go far if he just cleans that blunt stuff off his nose. Boston is believed to be the first city to embrace this particular approach to tracking vaccinations against the seasonal flu estimated to kill 36,000 people each year, I wonder where they get the figures maybe it's like Malthusian, there's maybe a graph and guess in the United States principally the elderly it's always the elderly homes by the way that breaks out first because they're the first ones to get the shots, I've watched this for years they get the shots and they come down with it then people visit them in the homes and bring it into the community with them They've even had articles on television in Canada about that. Strange how it always breaks out in the elderly homes first. Nothing strange about it. They're the first ones to get it, get the injections. So everything's prepared, as I say. Everything's really prepared. Now, in the Wise Up Journal, uh, there's an interesting article here about this too, the swine flu, because if you don't take it, guess what? What's happened to you in Ireland? What happened to you? It says here, this is, this is from uh, the, the Sunday Star in Ireland. Uh, you get the flu jab or be jailed. Oh, it's just like the ones that just got that guy for, for not using the, their, their garbage disposal system and paying them £80 or whatever it was every every month for the special bags, you know. Government plans to introduce compulsory vaccinations for swine flu could see people jailed if they refused to take it. Stringent pandemic laws open to the Department of Health allow it to enforce compulsory vaccinations against a serious outbreak of swine flu with stiff fines or six-month stretch in prison for those who avoid taking the jab. Well, I hope this stuff's a prison's full of people who don't take the jab. The Department of Health has said it is satisfied it can enact legislation provided in 1947. health do you have to go through all the stuff they've written in the past? Define something, reword it, reinterpret it. You know, 1947 Health Act, which includes compulsory vaccinations, quarantine, and travel bans to deal with a pandemic. 1947, they put out in the books. An HSE spokeswoman said the position is that the department is satisfied that the provisions in 1947 Health Act. For the control and management of infectious diseases gives it sufficient powers to deal with a pandemic outbreak, while they also had laws in the books in all, most of the countries in the Western world about um, uh, euthanizing the, the unfit, you know, those with were a bit touched in the head, as they called it then, the low below the low par in the IQ department. They'll still be in the books. They could go back to anything. Hanging is still on the books if they want to go back to it the creeps, aren't they? And lawyers are used all the time because mind you lawyers are very important for this new world order. You know, armies of lawyers are churned out every year from law school. And I'll put all these articles up remember on my website at the end of this tonight's show, you can read them all for yourself and show it's like I'm not making this stuff up. Like, I've got more things to do, believe you, than make this kind of stuff up. And then it says a source told the star. On Sunday, the Department of Health is on the verge of making swine flu vaccine compulsory for everybody in the country next month. They're seriously considering making the vaccinations compulsory, as it could be the only way to make it work. Make what work? What work? Swine flu is already starting to spread in Ireland, with confirmed cases found at three separate schools. A total of 91 people have been hospitalized with the virus. They're hospitalizing people that come in with all kinds of symptoms. I've read the articles before where they were told and the World Health Organization says to stop actually doing swab tests for them. Just everybody with a sniffly nose has got swine flu. And pharmacists across Ireland are currently training so that you can administer the vaccine once the first batches become available. Pharmacists are not supposed to give inoc- inoculations. They're not trained and authorized To give jabs, by the way. So, as I say, I hope the Irish start getting some of their, their old fire back there and tell them what to do with it. Remember, if there was to be a real swine flu breakout, it won't be the one that they claim is going around now. It will be mutated into another type, which means the vaccine, even if it was real, and really meant to deal with it wouldn't be effective to the one that evolves. Otherwise, if you got a shot years ago for a flu, technically you would have still crossover uh, uh, protection up to the present. Doesn't happen that way, does it? Doesn't happen at all. And also, Wise Up, there's another Wise Up link here, where it had an exclusive is a video with Jim Core. Jim Core is a musician. In Ireland. It's uh, on the Lisbon Treaty, top of the Lisbon Treaty, this new treaty that's coming in to make the EU a super state with literally a Soviet type government, Soviet type uh, uh, rulership. That's really what it's about. It was designed to be that way from the beginning. It says here uh, this video will do major damage to the yes side, so people should spread it far and wide. Shocking facts you never knew about the Economic Union Treaty. And Ireland's been the only country that's kept saying no one held them back. But they're going ahead regardless, you know that too. But what they did here is go through all the sections of the eu Lisbon Treaty and state what it actually says in layman's terms. The treaties may be amended in accordance by an ordinary revision procedure or by simplified revision procedures. That's how they can, can totally alter it totally after they've ratified the Lisbon Treaty. And Article 1 TEU it says the Union shall replace and succeed the European Community. See? So, uh, literally every country is then uh, a minor province owned by the EU Parliament, basically. The Politburo. Article 47 TEU, the Union shall have legal personality. They always give them legal personalities in this corporate world of ours. We get legal personalities and names in capital block letters that is true look at every official letter that's sent to you it's always in block letters that's your that's your fictional but legal personality article 37 TEU the union may conclude agreements with one or more states or international organizations or international organizations in areas covered by this chapter international organizations that's like NGOs and foundations. Article 21, Thdu promote an international system and global governance. Global governance. Here's Ireland came out of years of struggle for independence, only to find themselves sold down the river and already halfway up there, or halfway across the lake, of a totalitarian bigger regime. Article 42, Article 42.3 TEU, Member States shall undertake progressively to improve their military capabilities. Sincere. Article 42.3 TEU, Member States shall make civilian and military capabilities available to the Union for the implementation of the Common Security and Defence Policy, Amalgamated Army. That's what that means. Military. And police, by the way. EU President uh, Article 15T, EU, the European Council shall elect its president by a qualified majority for a term of two and a half years renewable once. Qualified majority. And it also says in here, as I say, promote an international system and global governance. It's very important, you see, global governance. If you're under global governance, you can't be sovereign, obviously, you're, you become a yes man, or a yes boy. Yes, 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 Massa. Yes, Massa. And you'll have all the police, you see, of Europe combined uh, into this massive system, taking their orders from the, their headquarters in Brussels, and all the military as well. You think it's crazy now? We, we told this new Soviet, this is bigger, this is bigger than the old Soviet. Bigger, you improve better. It was always the the goal of it, too, was to create this. Now, after the pretended fall of the Soviet Union. And then it goes on and on and on about all the other stuff that uh, will take all your rights away, basically. By a, a, a country, not even a country, a place across the water somewhere where your little place, your little Uh, Land is just another speck on their big map out there. So you can imagine how how, factually they'll treat any of your problems that you, you meet in your local area. You can't deal with anything except locally. Only you locally know what you need and what problems are, not some incredibly foreign thing way across yonder somewhere. It's amazing, isn't it? And even, as I say, the degradation that we're going through now uh, to do with uh, the dehumanizing of the human being as such. And we've seen the racket that goes on, with, with on the, even on the Internet. There, there's apparently sites up there where they sell body organs and stuff. We already went through the process of abortion and selling fetal, fetuses and, and fetal parts and fetal spinal columns and so on. And they pay big bucks for this in science laboratories, for fresh ones. And, and a little while ago, there was an article about uh, 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 an Israeli gang... Uh, using or bringing body parts in to the U.S. for sale. And here's another one. In Jew, uh, 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 of, it's called the New Jewish Organ Theft Gang Busted, it says here, uh, in New York. And this is uh, September the 9th, 2009. The Jewish group is said to be connected to the Israel rabbi, uh, Levi Rosenbaum, who was recently arrested for directly importing human organs. New reports have surfaced on the arrest of yet another Jewish organ trading gang in the United States involved in the abduction of Algerian children. Dr. Mustafa Kayati, the head of the Algerian National Committee for the Development of Health Research, revealed on Sunday that the New York City police have arrested members of a Jewish gang who abducted Algerian children for their organs. Getty said the rest came after Interpol, found that the children in western Algeria were abducted and taken to Morocco to have their kidneys harvested. Their organs were later trafficked to the United States and Israel sold for £20,000 to £100,000 each each kidney. The group is said to be connected to Israel, Rabbi Olivier Rosenbaum, who was recently arrested in New Jersey. That was where the first case came up for direct involvement in importing human organs. And that was from, I think, uh, Israel or Palestine at that time. Following Rosenbaum's arrest, authorities detained some 44 others, including rabbis and mayors in New Jersey, who were prosecuted for money laundering and human organs trade. Last month, a report published in the Swedish newspaper Afton Blooded accused Israeli soldiers of kidnapping Palestinians in the occupied West Bank and the Gaza Strip for their organs, indicating a possible link between the Israeli military and the mafia Of human organs detected in the United States. What they were doing, you see, um, uh, they were kidnapping the youth youth in uh, Palestine and holding. You know, the the, the parents were told that these people, these youngsters, had died under interrogation or whatever, and they couldn't get their bodies back for maybe months. Sometimes, when they did get them back, that they were obviously autopsied. Why would you autopsy someone you'd, you'd, you'd killed or tortured or whatever? Well, they found out that the organs were missing. And then there's a whole bunch of related stories at the bottom on this particular macabre. Oh, incident. Society has gone to the dogs. Gone to the dogs. Truly has. And I don't know if there's any going back. Back with more after this break. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix and one last uh, article I'll try and squeeze in here, I have a whole bunch of them here I want to talk about tonight, all about society going I, I don't like seeing going to dogs, dogs are really nice creatures but it really has plummeted down beyond the pits of hell and worse is to come as we're treated just like Darwinian objects and uh, that's really what's happening Parents protest Ofsted inspections for children taught at home this is from Britain again, doing the same in the States by the way Because, after all, we're all interdependent and global right now. And it says here, and and by the way, interdependence was first mentioned by Karl Marx in in 1840. A world world of interdependence is all through the United Nations and your your countries of all side interdependence agreements. It means that you will have no personal independence in in any area. You'll need a system for everything you need to, to live. Anyway, back to this article. It thousands of parents prepared to go to court over plans to limit homeschooling. The Times has learned parents whose children are educated at home do not have to register with their local authority and are not inspected, but proposals being considered by the government would change this and threaten parents' ability to choose the curriculum for their children campaigners. say. And all I'll add to this, I'll put the link up there if the teacher can read the rest of it, is that, uh, remember, Italy, now this is all the EU from the top, the e- Italy banned homeschooling, and, these, and the Prime Minister has said, that every child must have the same indoctrination. These are these words, the same indoctrination. See, that's the same everywhere, in Britain, elsewhere, the U.S., Canada. That's the reason they don't want homeschooling. And there's a caller there, Jeff, from Michigan. I'll try and squeeze you when you're there. Oh, uh, Yvonne, are you there? Hello? Hello? Yes.
0: Oh, hi, this is Yvonne calling from Nevada. Yes. Um, I have a question to ask you about uh, Putin. Yes. Or Russia. I have wanted to believe that um, you know, there was someone decent in the world. Um, but I've been following him. Um, and from what I have been able to, to determine, um, and what I know about our relationship with with uh, with Russia, um, I believe that it's it's quite possible that uh, we would have an attack on America by Russia, of course with the blessings of the United States and Britain. And I wanted your opinion on that.
1: Um, I, I can't really see it happening, to be honest with you, um, because, because as you've just pretty well pointed out, the same people who own the U.S., uh, Britain, and Russia, uh, they own the rest of the world too.
0: Yeah, I know they do.
1: They don't need um, an attack, as you, as you, as you, think of it, really. What attacks are with nuclear weaponry and all the rest of it? Um, they have enough created crisis going along pretty well as it is right no, now. Well, th- this actual, would be
0: after what we're going to go through now.
1: But what I've be... what predicted, as I say, the think tanks for the military is that there's going to be riots across the whole world mm-hmm. for 30-odd years. and the entire Western world, what they say is there's always a possibility. And I mean, I, I think they should add, in, in, in quotation marks, if the plans don't go according to your plan, uh, that they might have to use another country just to get another kind of war going to get us all on board and do what we're told. But I, I don't think they'll even have to do that. Uh, what they plan to do is bring in city states, maybe yes. one, maybe about half a dozen across the whole planet, sure. and barbarians outside of the walls will simply be killed off over maybe a hundred years and so on. That's the plans by the military themselves from their own think tanks that they published in the Guardian newspaper, 90 pages. Yeah. But thanks for calling. From, from Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada. it's good nights and may your God or your gods go with you.